0: Hello, once again, I'm Jerry Savell. Thank you for joining me today. We appreciate you watching the broadcast, and I believe it's going to be a very special program. If you watched last week, you know that I took you into a live service from the Southwest Believers Convention earlier this year, and uh, we were talking about experiencing God's glory, but specifically in this service, we were talking about are you desperate for your harvest? Are you a seed sower? The Bible says that whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So that's God's promise to you. If you sow seeds, in other words, if you contribute, if you sow into ministries, you sow into your church, you sow into uh, other people, you bless other people, then God says you're entitled to a harvest. Now, my question is, are you an aggressive harvester? Are you desperate for your harvest? I don't know about you, but I'm desperate for my harvest. I need my harvest. You know, I'm counting on that harvest in order to do certain things that I need to do. And in, in, in the meantime, I don't have the finances to do it. So I'm believing for the harvest that God has promised. Now, Jesus said, whatsoever man sows uh, for his sake or the gospels, he shall receive as much as a hundredfold in this life. That's, that's a large return. But the question is, are you desperate for it? Do you truly want it? Now, there are certain things that you and I must do. We don't just sit around and just say, well, if it's the will of God, it'll just happen. No, we we have to be aggressive. You know, I was I was born on a farm in Mississippi, and my my grandfather, he was not only aggressive sower, but he was an aggressive harvester. When it came time to harvest, brother, I want you to know he didn't care what time he had to get up in the morning, and he didn't care if he had to be up all night. It was harvest time, it was hard work, but he was determined to gather it in before it spoiled in the field. Well, You know, you have certain things that you must do in order to reap that harvest, and I'm gonna talk about them as you watch this uh, next segment where we talked about it in the Believers' Convention. So watch now, and then I'll be back for some closing remarks. So, the last thing God said to a seed was grow. That's all a seed knows to do. In fact, it always amazes me. I, I do a lot of motorcycle tours. And I love riding through Colorado, uh, particularly because I love the mountains and so forth. And, and uh, it always amazes me when we're going through Colorado to see trees growing out of rocks. Anybody ever seen that before? Uh, I got some photos here I want to show you. Put those photos up. Look at that. Look at those seeds growing out of rocks. Show that other one. Look at that right on the side of that mountain. Look at that bottom one uh, on the far right. Look at that. Right at the top of that mountain, a tree growing out of it. How can a tree grow out of a rock? I don't know all the answers to that, but I do know this. The last thing a seed heard from the mouth of God, grow. And I don't care where you plant a seed, it'll do its best to grow. It'll sit there and stretch and do all it has to do to try to grow, because that's what God designed it to do. Now, I don't know, maybe, maybe a bird flew over and landed on that mountain, but before he went there, he was off somewhere in Kansas and picked up some seed and dropped it on that mountain. And A little rainfall came, and there was a crack in the mountain, and the seed said, aha, now we can grow. That's all a seed knows to do is grow. That's all a seed knows to do is grow. Can you say amen? Amen. And the wonderful thing is the Bible teaches us that not only are words seeds, Thoughts are seeds. Actions are seeds. Deeds are seeds. But the Bible also teaches us that our money, our finances are seed. Paul teaches this in 1 Corinthians, chapter, or 2 Corinthians chapter 9. He teaches it in Galatians chapter 6 that our finances are a form of seed. Can you say amen? amen? I know many of you and probably most of you know this, but, but, but it's always good to rehearse it. Peter said, as long as I'm in this earthly tabernacle, I will not be negligent to remind you of these things. Because a lot of people are in desperation financially, and a lot of people are desperate for their harvest. Anybody need your harvest now? <laughs> I need mine now. I, I, I gave a report here recently in our s- staff meeting that over the last several months, uh, our ministry has sown $2.9 million into other ministries and to missions, into uh, orphanages, into uh, people in need. $2.9 million. Now, now I, don't want, I don't want to clap for that. It's not, I'm not saying that to... Do, for your admiration. I'm just pointing out something. If God only matched me dollar for dollar, then I would be looking at a $2.9 million harvest. Right? But that's not God. That's not the way God operates. He does exceeding abundant above all we can ask or think. Not only that, that would violate the laws of seed time and harvest. Can you say amen to that? So, if God only multiplied my seed, let's say 10 times, 10 times, that wouldn't be a bad harvest. That'd be $29 million. I could do something with $29 million. If God only multiplied it 10 times. But what about if he did it 100 times? That'd be $290 million. Oh, Jesus. We could do a lot with that. Amen. Well, I don't expect God to do that. Well, why not? Well, where's God going to get $290 million? If you can't do that, you don't get to be called God. I need to say to you what God said to Sarah. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Now, you may not be able to believe for that. Don't limit God, even if you limit yourself. Amen. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I've already reaped a 290 million dollar harvest. It's like somebody said to me one time, uh, well, "Brother Jerry, don't you believe when Jesus talked about the hundredfold that that was just, you know, a figure of speech?" Um, now I don't think Jesus talks that way. I believe he means what he says. Amen? And he said, be it unto thee according to thy faith. So you or no one else has a right to determine what my harvest will be. And you and no one else can determine what I'm allowed to believe for. If I can believe for tenfold harvest, then it's according to my faith, not your doubt, not the media's doubt, not the world's doubt. Amen. If you can believe for a hundredfold, then go for it. But if not, then let's just say if it'll register better in your thinking, go for maximum harvest maximum harvest. What would maximum harvest be? Amen? Are you still here? Yes. Now, I want to point out something to you here, and I got so much on this, I'm not going to be able to cover it all tonight. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 says, He which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. So right there, and it goes uh, right before that, it says, let every man purpose in his heart what he will sow. So we're, you are the determining factor. I'm the determining factor.
1: Yes.
0: It's what I purpose in my heart to sow. Now, if I decide to suppose, uh, sow sparingly, then I can expect to reap a harvest that is sparingly. But if I decide to sow bountifully, then who is that person who has the right to tell me I can't have a bountiful harvest? Because God said I could. God said I could. Look at your neighbor and say, God said we can. He says, if you sow bountifully, you will reap Bountifully. Uh, The message translation says, A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I like lavish. I like lavish. What's that little character? Uh, You ever seen that commercial where that guy has that little pet cat, that little uh, giraffe? That little giraffe. He says, Opulence. I has it. He's got a little pet giraffe about this tall. He just carries around with him. Opulence. I has it. Lavish sowing entitles a person to a lavish harvest. And if Jesse's sowing lavishly, then who are you or anybody else to determine what kind of harvest he can have because God said he can have a lavish harvest. Amen. Let the Word be final authority, not what somebody else thinks. Can you say amen? amen? You are the one who's determining your own financial destiny. The Amplified Bible says he who sows graciously will also reap graciously or generously rather he sows generously, he will also reap generously. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, I heard Tracy Harris, Tracy, raise your hand right there. I heard Tracy say this one time and and, um, I I had taught along these lines, but he said it in such a way that it really got my attention to another level. Look at James chapter 5. How many of you need your harvest now? James chapter 5, and look at verse 4. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud. Now, get a picture of this. this. This man has hired laborers to reap. His fields. Okay? After they do it, he holds back their wages. And he said by fraud, deception. In other words, they're entitled to wages and he's not giving it to them. He's holding it back by fraud, by deception. He goes on to say, The hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth. Underline or highlight the word crieth. And let me ask you a question Who's doing the crying here? The wages. The wages that belong to the laborers. The wages are crying they're crying to get into the hands of their rightful owners but it's being kept back by fraud by deception so they they have done their job the laborers but they're not getting paid for it and now the wages are crying what are they crying Let us go and be in the hands of our rightful owner. I got news for you. Your harvest is crying out to you right now. You sowed the seed. You're entitled to a harvest. It belongs to you because God's Word said it belongs to you. and The one who's holding it back by deception is not God, it's Satan. He does not want you to get your hands on your harvest. Why? Because more than likely, if you reap your harvest, you'll start sowing again. And if you sow again, that means more harvest. And if you get more harvest, you'll start sowing again. And if you start sowing again, there'll be more harvest. He does not want you to have your harvest. He's the thief thieves don't own anything that they have. They stole it. Amen. Amen. And notice here, the wages are crying out for their rightful owners. I like to do it this way. I like to walk around and put my hand on my ear and I'll say to Carolyn sometimes or I'll say to one of my staff members or something, I'll say, you hear that? that's my harvest crying out for me. Everybody put your hand up over your ear like this and say, lean over a little bit and say, you hear that? That's my harvest crying out for me. Oh, brother Jerry, that's silly. Well, you just gone and be without a harvest. It's working for me. Praise God. The harvest is crying out for you because it belongs to you. Amen it belongs to you. But notice here, there's not just one cry going on here. It says, continue with me, the wages are crying and the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. That's not Sabbath, it's Sabaoth. And Sabaoth means host, the Lord of hosts. Angels on assignment. What are they assigned to do? Minister unto those who are heirs of salvation. There are harvesting angels that are assigned by God to help you get your hands on your harvest. But what does the Bible say angels hearken to? The voice of God's Word. If you and I are not speaking the Word over our harvest, then their hands are tied. See, we're talking about aggressive harvesting. It's one thing to sow, but if you're just going to walk away and never think about your harvest again, never, never, never cry out for your harvest, then Satan will hold it back by fraud. He'll hold it back through deception. Can you say amen? amen. So there are two cries going on here. Let me read it from the Amplified. The wages that you have fraudulently withheld from the laborers who have mowed your fields are crying out against you for vengeance. And the cries of the harvesters have come up to the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. So, once again, there are two cries taking place in this verse. First of all, the wages are your harvest is crying out. And secondly, the person in whom it belongs to that is entitled to it should be crying as well. And we're not talking about tears of sorrow. Let me, let me define for you what it means here to cry. It's a loud utterance in protest or opposition demanding immediate action. Hallelujah. Hallelujah let me say it again. It is a loud utterance. And don't tell me you don't know how to get loud. It is a loud utterance in protest or opposition demanding immediate action. Hallelujah. In other words, your harvest is crying out for you, but are you crying out for it? Are you demanding immediate action? And we're not talking about demanding God. God's not the problem here. He's the one who gave us the promise, if you reap, you'll sow. If you you sow lavishly, you'll reap lavishly. So God's not the the one holding it back. It's the thief. He's holding it back through deception. And how does this deception come into play? Because he convinces you that you're not going to get a harvest. You're not entitled to a harvest you'll never see that harvest. You don't want people thinking ugly things about you if you receive a harvest. You know, you got to remember that when Jesus talked about if a man is willing to give up mothers, fathers, brethren's lands for my sake or the gospels, he shall receive a hundredfold wait a minute, with persecutions. I wish he hadn't added the persecution part, but he did with persecutions. Amen. How many of you need your harvest? Could you agree with the prayer that we found in Psalms where it says, save now, O Lord, Oh Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. What are you actually saying? Lord, show me your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. I need, I need prosperity. I need my harvest. Most everybody in here that sowers would agree if you had your harvest, can you just, can you just let your mind run wild a little bit now? what you could do with your harvest. Praise God. Man, you could, you could, you could, you yourself could build the next wing onto the church for expansion. You yourselves could build that orphanage in Africa. You yourself, what all could you do with your harvest? They have chance right now again and say, Lord, show me your glory. And then add this to it, and let me see my harvest. harvest. Now, I want to challenge you when you leave here tonight. Don't wait until the morning. When you leave here tonight, I want you to cry out for your harvest. Not with tears of sorrow, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. No. With authority. With authority. Demanding justice. Amen. Because that's the only kind of talk Satan understands. Authority. And you have authority over him, do you not? Yes. You have authority over him. Yes. And praise God, the word of God in you coming out of your mouth is authority, it, it, it carries authority, praise God. So I want to challenge you tonight, and not just tonight, but continue to cry out for your harvest. Put it on the devil. I remember one time at Brother Hagan's camp meeting, uh, Buddy Harrison got a song in the spirit and he started dancing and he was singing, put it on him, put it on him. And Brother Hagan joined in and said, put it on him, put it on him. And everybody, in the, everybody out in the, at the camp meeting said, put it on him, put it on him. We was all putting it on, something we putting on, the devil. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Stand to your feet if you will right now. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, I want my harvest. I need, my harvest, I need my harvest and I demand justice. I demand justice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: What would it be like if the glory of God was manifested in your life? Scripture gives us many examples of God's glory being revealed and changing impossible situations. Sadly, many Christians today are unaware of this miraculous power. In his new eye-opening resource, Show Me Your Glory, Jerry Savell reveals the biblical principles to experiencing the manifested glory of God in your life. This is your opportunity. Call or go online to jerrysavell.org and request this life-changing package, including the all-inclusive book and six-CD teaching, Show Me Your Glory. In this prophetic teaching, you'll discover the three characteristics of the glory, the prerequisites for experiencing the glory, and how the glory will cause you to walk in victory and triumph. Don't delay. Call or go online to jerrysavelle.org and order your copy of this special resource today.
0: At the beginning of the broadcast, I read... To you from Galatians chapter six, where it says, "Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap." The Phillips translation says it this way: A man's harvest in life depends entirely upon that which he sows. You know what that says to me? I'm in charge of my own financial destiny. I'm in charge of of just how I want to turn out financially in life, and it's all a result as this of the seeds that I'm willing to sow. But once you sow them. Then it's your responsibility to believe God for the harvest. Begin to speak to the harvest. Begin to call it in. And you know, it's the devil, he's a thief. He tries to hold it back. He doesn't want you to have your harvest. Uh, he knows that if you have your harvest, you're just probably going to keep sowing, keep blessing other people, keep blessing your church, keep blessing other ministries. He doesn't want that happening, so he's going to fight you tooth and nail as they say. But you have to be as as determined as he is that you are not going to let him steal your harvest. So you begin to speak to that harvest, you begin to call it in, and more than anything else, start praising God for it in advance before it ever comes in, before it ever manifests. Get up every day saying, Father, I thank you for my harvest. I thank you for my harvest. And you're going to see that God is uh, faithful and that he will honor his word and he'll see to it that it comes to pass. Amen. Praise God. Let me pray with you right now. Father, there are people watching this broadcast that are sowers into this ministry. They're partners with us. They sow seed. They give offerings and therefore they're entitled to a harvest. And I join my faith with theirs and I believe God that the harvest is going to manifest in Jesus' name. Satan, you take your hands off of their harvest. You have no right to it. It belongs to them. They're covenant people and God promised they'll be blessed coming in, blessed going out in the city, in the field, and everything they set their hands to do will prosper. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You receive that. Lift your hands right now and say, Lord, I received that prayer that Brother Jerry prayed over my harvest. Amen. Praise God. Now, let me encourage you once again please order these resources. My book, Show Me Your Glory. And then right along with it, six CDs on the same subject, Show Me Your Glory. So go online and order these resources today, and praise God, we'll get them to you as quick as we possibly can. Please connect with us through Facebook, uh, uh, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all of those uh, uh, social media uh, contacts that you uh, can Can communicate with us, and we want to be able to stay in touch with you, let you know what's happening, what your seed is producing. That's the most important thing, is what your seed is producing. And I'm telling you, it's producing all over the world. Many people are getting born again. People are getting healed. People are getting established in the Word, and you help us make that happen. Amen. Don't miss next week. I'll see you then.
1: Bye-bye.